So we're very honored uh, to have Rabbi Pfeffer, who has taken a um, significant sacrifice to be away from his family on Yom Ma'ut. If you guys from America, it's something like, you know, being away from your family on the 4th of July or Thanksgiving. Um, but it's really a supreme effort. Um, we've had Rabbi Pfeffer in Yeshiva before. I think you may have heard him at the at the uh, Ramot Shabbaton. Um, I, I just, as a word of introduction, sure. my attitude towards uh, Rabbi Pfeffer is that he has learned how to walk between the raindrops. Um, he's in the Haredi world, but he understands the big world and the need for there to be a big interface between the Haredi world and the non-Haredi world and the non-religious world. And Yom Ha'atzmaut is the perfect example of the clash. We mentioned yesterday how um, Yom Ha'atzmaut is a confusing day. We didn't want Yom HaZikaron to be confusing. But Yom Ha'atzmaut is definitely a confusing day. It's confusing for the seculars. It's confusing for the religious Zionists. It's confusing for the Haredim. The only ones who really admit that it's confusing are the Haredim. And even they try to deny that it's confusing. But it is. And I'm hoping, um, I'm optimistic that Rabbi Pfeffer is going to bring some illumination um, to the confusion. It's seven, the state is 74 years old, and you would have thought that, you know, after 74 years, we would have gotten beyond the controversies and the machlokas, and I'm here in Israel for over 50 years. And while it's a little better than it was 40 or 50, 40 years ago, it, some of the same tunes are still being played. Um, which probably indicates that we're really in the Geula Moshiach period, because as the Rambam writes, we don't really have any Mesora what the Mashiach's uh, unfolding is going to look like. The Rambam writes in, the, in chapter 12 of Hilchos Malachim, nobody knows what it's going to look like, even the, even the, the Chazal and the Gemara, they had no Mesora how to interpret the Psukim and the Nevi'im. So... We're just waiting to see how it unfolds, and every year it seems to unfold in a more straight, a stranger way, in a more surprising way. But uh, we always want to have some clarity, some illumination, and I'm optimistically looking forward to Rabbi Pfeffer giving us some of the above. So thank you very much to uh, Rav Kalinsky, of course, Bershus, uh, the Rosh Hashiva, Rashi Yeshiva, the Ramim. Yeshiva Kedoshah, it's always a great privilege and a pleasure to be here with the Yeshiva. Really one of my favorite places in Yerushalayim, and I mean that very sincerely. And um, very happy to be here specifically today for Yom Ha'atzma'ot. Yom Ha'atzma'ot is a day on which we have an opportunity to celebrate the schus that we have to be here, to be living, at least for the time being, in Emir Tashem for good, in Eretz HaKodesh, in the Holy Land, the schos that our grandparents and great-grandparents could only dream of. My grandmother used to speak of growing up, she grew up in Kovno, in Lithuania, and she used to speak about her dreams as a young girl with her school friends, thinking about Israel, about camels and palm trees, palm trees and other things, symbols that represented for them their imagination of what Israel is. And today we're here, and it's really something so remarkable, something so miraculous, that Yom Atmut gives us pause, or gives us an opportunity to thank and to celebrate that. 
I'd like to begin with something I saw today, this morning. I have a chavrusa who sent me a couple of pages from a book written about Rabbi Usher Freund. Usher Freund was a, a larger-than-life figure, Rebbe, spiritual leader, Tamat Chacham, a person filled with un, unstoppable energy. And I won't get into now his personage and his legacy, but on the 43rd Yom Ha'atzma'ut, this is going back a good few years already, 30, 31 years, and Rabosha then said, he said, what's going on over here? He said, David HaMelech's dynasty, the Malchus based David, David HaMelech's Malchus, lasted 40 years. And here we are, in the state of Israel, that was established by people who are far distant from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, from religion, from a relationship with Hashem. And yet, here we are in the 43rd year. And he said, what a chilel Hashem this is. He said, this is a big chilel Hashem. And I would like to agree that there is a chilel Hashem, but I'd like to explain, maybe to be melamed if I can, and to explain in which sense this is a Chilal Hashem and in which sense it's up to us to make things better. The time that we're in, alright, apart from Yom Ha'atzma'ut, is a time of Sfirah Sa'imer. Now, Sfirah Sa'imer, as the Ramban very famously explains, is a time of Chol Says the Ramban, the entire Sfirah, I mean this week's Parsha, Parsha Semel. The Ramban says the entire Sfirah is like a Chol HaMoed. What is a Chol HaMoed? It's the interval time in the middle of a festival that leads from the beginning to the end. It's not the crux of the festival. It's not a Yom Tov. But it's the time that leads from the beginning to the end. And says the Ramban, even though there's a lot of days between Pesach and Shavuot, but never, excuse me, but nevertheless, there is a connection of Pesach with Shavuot to the degree that we count these days in the middle like a Chol Hamoyed, like a days that are happy, festival days that connect the two. And he says that's why Chazal call Shavuot Atzeres. The Torah doesn't call Shavuot Atzeres. In the Torah there are two festivals that are called Atzeres. One of them is the last day of Pesach, and the other one is Shmini Atzeres. But, and Sedram Van, why are they called Atzeres? Because Atzeres, I don't know if you guys drive here, but anyone who does, and he has to stop when he sees a stop sign. Alright, how do you call a stop sign in Hebrew? Siman Atzol. Atzol, stop! Atzeres means stop. The festival is coming to an end. Sedram Van, Pesach, has two stop signs. Number one, the last day of Pesach, the seventh day, but number two, Shavuot. Because until we reach the festival of Shavuot, our national birth, our coming into national existence, is still not complete. Pesach is the day of our national birthday. Pesach in Yechezkel, Terech Tetzayim, It's a Yom Uledet. 
because we're an interesting family, we start Leila Seder with a rendition of Happy Birthday. Literally. The kids always know this is, this is how our Leila Seder starts. Because it's the birthday of the Jewish people. That's what Pesach is all about. But that national creation of Pesach only ends, says the Ramban, with Atzeres, with Shavuos. How do we get from Pesach to Atzeres? From Pesach to Shavuos? The answer is we have to count. And why do we have to count? So the Chinuch, as we know, explains because we're looking forward to Matan Torah. But two points on that. First of all, the Torah doesn't say that Shavuos is Matan Torah. Chazal say it is. But there's some difficulty in pinning the entire count on something which the Torah doesn't even mention. Number two, there's no date of Yom Matan Torah. The Torah doesn't give a date. There's no date for the festival of Shavuos. The Torah doesn't give a date. And in fact, Shavuos can be either on the 6th of Sivan, or it can be on the 7th. It depends on when do you do Kiddush HaChadosh. Nowadays, it's all, it's rigged. Nowadays, it's always the same time, because our calendar system is already based on mathematical calculations, and it always falls on the same day. But the point I'm trying to make is that the count of the Omer isn't just a count towards something. It's a count that's constitutional. Meaning, it creates Shavuot. It's not just a count to Shavuot. It creates Shavuot. Without the count of the Omer, you don't have Shavuot. Shavuot is 50 days after the morrow, Maharas Shabbos, the morrow of Shabbos that we understand to mean Pesach, and then you count 50 days, and then it's Shavuot. So it's also, there's something more here. It's not just looking forward to something, we're creating something. That creation can be understood as follows, and this is based on the Arizal and many of his Talmudim, that the days of counting the Omer are days of growth. The days of counting the Omer are days of maturity. They're days of development. When we came out of Mitzrayim, we came out like a newborn infant. Like the Pasuk, the same Pasuk I mentioned before. The Pasuk continues and describes the condition of a newborn infant who is unable to take care of himself in any way. You were not able to cleanse yourself to wrap yourself, and Hashem took care of everything. Yetiat Mitzrayim, we came out of Mitzrayim by dint of miracle. We didn't do anything. We just were brought out like an infant that is pulled out by the midwife Hashem, Goy Mikherev Goy, took us out of Mitzrayim. But like that, in that condition, we're unable to receive the Torah. To receive the Torah, to realize the relationship between us and the Kodesh Baruch Hu in the deepest possible way, which is what happened at Har Sinai, then we need to do some work. We need to develop. We need to ready ourselves for the consummation of that connection between us and the Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that takes independent work, labor, investment on our part. 
That's not going to be done by a Kodesh Baruch Hu. We need to count. That's our business. It's our job. To get to Har Sinai and to be ready for Kabbalah Satoira. And I think it's not for nothing that Yom Ma'ot, Hey Iyahu, today's Dalit, that this day of Hey Iyahu, which is the day on which the state of Israel was established, I think it's not for nothing that this occurs in the, day of, in the, in the time of Sfira Sa'ina. Because what did we receive on Hevi Iyahu? Like Pesach, Lehavdil, Pesach was the birth of a nation. But like Pesach, on Hebe Iyal, we received a new national framework, a new national infrastructure for the Jewish people. It's amazing. Something we've been waiting for 2,000 years, something that we've rarely had over the course of Jewish history, true independence, true autonomy, the ability to be able to take our fate, our course of history into our responsibility, of course together with Hashgacha HaVakadosh Baruch Hu, without which we wouldn't have anything. But that happened on Hei Be'iyah 74 years ago. And just like Pesach, that gave us a new national framework. But it's a framework that awaits our investment. It awaits us to give it teichen, to give it content. It awaits us to make of it a vehicle for Kedusha. To make of it a vehicle for connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, For seeing the Dvar Hashem in every quarter of the state mechanisms, of the state institutions, of the state's public sphere. All of this waits for us. And in that sense, Yom Ma'ut is a time of rejoicing. It's a time of saying thank you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for all that we have, which is a lot. But it's also a time that reminds us, that calls upon us to start counting, to start the Sphira. Just like we count the Sphira Sa'omer, it's understood often in a, in a very personal sense each one with his avoda, each one with his need for character, refinement, the Kriyach Ve'ar, one of the Tamilim of Israel Salanta, made a point of going through the Mem Tet Kinyone Torah, the 49 acquisitions, Kinyone, right, meaning 49 attributes or qualities that are required for Torah. 49 days of the Omer, we can go through them. One by one. That's personal. But on Yom Ma'ut we understand that our duty goes beyond the personal. Our duty is also national. Our duty is also to do whatever we can. I mean, we're, we're young over here, of Kalinsky, I'm including you. We're, we're, we're young and, and we are, you know, developing in our scope, in our influence. But each one has his concentric circles. Each one has some involvement within the national framework of the State of Israel that can bring some Kedusha into it. 
that can bring some connection to a Kodesh Baruch in whichever way possible. I was once walking with a friend of mine from Koila in Ramot. This is going back about 15 years. So I was walking with a friend of mine and next to us, on our left, we saw a gigantic hole in the ground. Okay? That hole in the ground was to become later on a mall. There are not mall. At the time it was a hole in the ground. But they started. They started to build the Yisadot, the first foundations. And I turned to my friend, Israeli guy, and I said, look how nice. Like, building a mall. Isn't, isn't this great? And he looked at me, not a very pleasant way, and he said, like, what's great about this? It's a bunch of chilonim making money. What, what, what do you see here? So I said, like, okay, defensive, right? I said, hey, hey, one second, you know, first of all, you know, it's good, good shopping opportunities, you know, Mara, not, not so bad. And, and, and I said, but forget your shopping. I said, come on, it's, uh, it's Yeshua Eretz Yisrael. You know, this is literally settling the land. This is the land, this is the economy, this is development, this is, this is, this is nice. I'm telling you, he looked at me like I'd fallen from Mars. Like, different language, different, you know, you know what, like, what, what are you talking about? You know, this is, this is Goyesh, and it's, it's, it's a mall, and, uh, you know. Malamadumikan, that everything depends on your perspective. You know, I went home that day, and, and, and I told my wife, listen, you know, what can I say? He grew up in Israel. You know, this guy was born here. He takes everything that he sees for granted. For him, it's as if, you know, he was born into this, you know, wonderful state or wonderful infrastructure in which everything is, you know, delivered, delivered home for you. And, 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 I, and I didn't. I grew up in, in England, you know, where you have to be careful which pub you walk next to and which one, you know, you don't. And, and you have stone fights with, with the goyim across the road. And, and, and you have to struggle on, on Fridays and, and your holidays are Christian holidays and your symbols are Christian symbols. And, and, and you live in, with, with a sense of goddess. You, you live with a sense of being away from home. And, and for me, it's, it's such an amazing privilege. It's such an amazing schus to be able to live in Eretz Yisrael. I, I read the Tanakh and I say, yeah, you know, Kodesh Baruch what did he promise Avraham Avinu? doesn't say promised him the Torah, doesn't say promised him Tariyat Mitzvah, promised him the land. And here we are, living on the land. It's incredible. When I see the land being developed, then I think, this is a Kodesh Baruch Hu. This is, this is, this is something real. This is something tangible. It's, it's, it's something that we need to say Moedim three times a day on. When Omri, one of the wicked kings of Israel, when Omri built a city in the Shomron, so the Torah says he received Tzchar for building a city, even though he did it for his own glorification. He was interested in self-glorifying, and nevertheless, he received tremendous Tzchar. And why? Because he was Miyashev Eretz Yisrael. Because it's Yishev Eretz Yisrael. So isn't that meaningful? Doesn't that have some 
doesn't that awaken some emotion of thanks, of seeing the, the, the big picture of what's going on? And that, Rabbi say that I think is, is a real, is a chilin Hashem. The chilin Hashem is not the fact that the state is here. Baruch Hashem, the state is here. No, th- thank God for the state. But the chilin Hashem is that we haven't done enough to make the state what it should be. Of course we celebrate the state of Israel. But on the other hand, our identification is incomplete because the state is so far from where we would want it to be. How is the economy run? How does the foreign ministry run? How does the politics of the state look? How does the public sphere look? But a lot of that is because we didn't step up to the plate and do our part to make sure that we count the sphere, to make sure that we count the sphere of the state and connect it, we received a vessel gift from a Baruch anyone who, who, who reads the history of the state of Israel the types of miracles you know in the, in the war of independence 48 the Arab armies were on literally on the border of Tel Aviv had they advanced they would have won they, 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 they could have overpowered and overwhelmed everything that there was in Tel Aviv and for some reason they stopped we don't know till today we don't know they stopped it's unprecedented. We have Jews that return to this land from over a hundred countries around the world. There's no Achvareya. There's no example of this in human history of such a phenomenon. It's incredible. The Christians, the, the Catholics, Revolver writes, he has a sefer that used to be called Bein Sheshet Le'asol, between the Six-Day War and the Yom Kippur War. And somebody whispered in his ear, Rabbi, that's too Zionist. So he changed the name of the book. Yes, he changed the name and now it's called Olam Hayedidot, which is also a nice name. Olam Hayedidus, a world of friendship, a world of harmony. And in this book, Revolver mentions the 1967 declaration called Nostra Ateta. The Nostra Ateta Declaration of the, whatever it was, the Catholic Summit, the Catholic, uh, they have a better name for it that I forget. They get together, this is John Paul II, who was a, a Jewish friendly, relatively a Jewish friendly Pope. And in this declaration, you know, it's unbelievable. The Catholic Church gets up and basically says everything that we've said in the past is wrong. I mean, almost. Almost literally. Well, what do they say? They say that there's no longer a mitzvah (coughs) to missionize the Jews. Now, and they say much more than that, but that's the basic statement. There's no longer a mission to missionize the Jews. In the past, there was a a mitzvah to missionize the pagans, and there's a mitzvah mahadrin to missionize the Jews because the Jews were a thorn right the Jews are what are they doing here right so it's a big mitzvah to missionize the Jews but what, what, what were the Jews doing here right how do you explain the continued Jewish presence in the world the answer is say the early church fathers the Jews are here to remind us of the punishment that those who do not heed the call of God receive they're 
being downtrodden and persecuted and in a state of constant exile, banished from one place to another, exiled and downtrodden and chased. This is a reminder of the punishment that God meets out to those who do not follow the correct path of the Christian Saviour. Right? Afra Lopumayu. But that was the accepted terrors, the accepted explanation of what are the Jews doing here. Says Revolver, after 1948, and specifically after the Six Day War, what are you going to say? There's nothing to say. He writes, and I, I quote him almost verbatim, he says, there's no theological acrobatics that would be able to explain the existence and the flourishing of the state of Israel. There's no way you can do it. And therefore, says the Catholic Church, we're being chayzer. We're we're retracting from doctrine of, I don't know how many years, 1700 years, of the mitzvah to missionize the Jews. There's no more mitzvah. But you know what that means? That means that, you know, why, why did the Christian Savior die? The whole idea, the whole theology was he died in order that we can be saved. But now you don't need that. You can be saved just by being a Jew. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. No, really. It's, and, 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 and that was the reaction. Some of the reactions to this declaration was, you know, incredulous. Like, what? How, how, how can that be? Right? It's, it's a retraction of the very fundamentals of what this faith is predicated on. Christians get it. And Catholics understood it. What we need to do is to internalize it ourselves. We need to know that we've been given a gift. It's a gift from a Kodesh Baruch Hu, like the Briskarov said, to Shmeichel, he said, to smile from Hashem. Okay, we've been given a smile We've been given a gift. But that gift isn't about celebrating it. That gift is about stepping up to the plate and taking responsibility. And I know you're going to say, oh, you know, what can I do? I'm just a yeshiva guy, you know. I'm just... It's not true. Each one of us has his concentric circles. Each one of us has his arena, his ability. I, I, I... I teach today at Hebrew U. I, I promise you, I really honestly promise you, it's not for the money. They barely pay. It's not for the money. And it's work. It's work. It's annoying. Okay? I have to set tests, like three of them at the end of each semester. Okay? I have to show up for, for lessons. Okay? I have to, you know, it's not even Zoom anymore. I have to travel, okay, to Hebrew U. I have to sit there in the class and, and teach, okay? But it's because I feel that to be in touch with these, you know, students, I get a popular class, like 100 students in a class, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bring something of the Dvar Hashem in, in some way to an arena that it might not be there otherwise. So many opportunities. Just mentioning it as one. There's so many opportunities we all have within our everyday lives in Israel to try to do whatever we can. And, and I know that there are some who take the approach 
of, well, we need to focus on ourselves. We need to isolate. We need to worry about our Daladamas and Kodesh will take care of the rest. But I, I think that maybe such, uh, uh, such an approach can be justified when we're in the middle of a state of emergency. In states of emergency, we kind of, uh, we, uh, we become introverted, we look at ourselves, and we enter survival mode. But Rabbi today I think we're, we're coming out. We're not in that survival mode anymore. Our Yiddish guide is strong. Our Torah gives us foundations that we're able to stand on them, create a platform for us from which we can go and we can go far. And that's our duty, to begin counting, to start infusing, to whatever degree we can, that preparation, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu once again, Ki me'eret mitzrayim, ar that just like back then we had a Pesach and then we had a Shavuot, we had that revelation. So also here we have a Hebi'iyah, we have a Atzma'ut, we have a state, but we're still waiting for that revelation. And that's totally on us. Depends on us to do our work. And I'll finish with a Pasuk. I have to go and you have to go. So I'll just finish with a Pasuk. The Pasuk in Tehillim. I think it's Tehillim Pei Base. The Pasuk says, Anoichi Hashem Hashem brings us forth from Egypt. Gavaldig, right? Now what's left for us? Says the positive, Just open your mouth. Prepare yourselves. Make yourself ready. Turn to me, says Hashem. Turn to me with prayer. Turn to me with hope. Like the Ramchal says in his wonderful Ma'amara Lakivui, his his, um, his work that, that relates to hope. Hope to Hashem. And we do this personally, we need to do this also nationally. On the level of the state, on the level of this infrastructure which is Jewish, and yet needs to be connected, needs to be infused with Kedusha, with relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. we should be able to do this, each one in his own way, and all of us together, we should be zorichek himeitze ischem me'eret mitzrayim ar enu niflois b'biyaz ge'ol tzedek b'mheira b'yameinu. Thank you.